Welcome back to How We Work from Work Human. I'm Mike Lovett, and I am back with Kim Scott. This time, we are taking questions from the viewers of January's Work Human webinar with Kim. We had a few extra questions that we couldn't address there, so we figured we'd address them here in the podcast. Without further ado, here's Kim. Okay, and we are back with Kim Scott to take audience questions from our webinar back in January. Kim, feel free to treat this as lightning round or expand wherever you feel needs expansion. Question number one, what would you do differently offering feedback over Zoom as opposed to in person? There is some really interesting research that Adam Grant has pointed me at. I'll send you a link so we can drop it in the show notes. Yes. That says that very often we misinterpret one another's body language and facial expressions. And therefore, if you're in person, it might be better to take a walk. But instead of having that feedback conversation over Zoom, it might be better to pick your phone up and call the person and have just an oral conversation, not a video call. And there's a couple of reasons for it. One is there may be more noise than signal in body language and facial expressions. Like maybe I'm scowling or you think I'm scowling, but I think I'm smiling. I mean, has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is that very few of us are as good as we should be at closing down tabs and making sure our note. I think you just heard a little LinkedIn notification come through. I failed to shut that tab down. I didn't hear Um, it. Oh, good. I'm glad you didn't hear that. But that can be distracting on video. So sometimes these conversations, especially if it's a criticism, it should absolutely happen synchronously, but it might be better to happen over the phone than over Zoom. The other thing about Zoom is that we're sort of facing each other, which can feel hostile, actually. (laughs) And so there's something about, you know, going the same direction, just taking say, let's have a virtual walk or let's get a virtual cup of coffee or something. And then you're listening to the words the other person is saying and focusing on those instead of getting distracted by misinterpreting their facial expression. You can barely see their face anyway on Zoom or getting all these other notifications popping up at you. All right. Question number two, how do you transition from ruinous empathy where there is rarely any negative feedback to a culture where it flows freely? There's a very clear order of operations. I think it all starts with soliciting feedback, more specifically soliciting criticism. It's much easier for people to give you criticism if you've just asked for it. So if everybody can think about who are you going to ask to give you some criticism, when are you going to ask them, and what are you going to say, then this podcast, listening to it, will be extremely high ROI on your time. So do that. Then the next thing is you want to think about making sure that you're, as we already discussed, you're focusing on the good stuff. You're giving voice to the things you appreciate. And this is not like a six sigma. You can do all these things in one day. So you want to make sure you're giving voice to the things you appreciate. And then when it comes to sharing your critical feedback, you want to make sure that you're stating your intention to be helpful. And that if you think about, in fact, before you do any of this, one of the things that can be helpful is think about that moment. Everyone listening has had a moment in their career when someone told them something that maybe stung a little bit in the moment, but stood them in good stead over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. 
So what's your um story? Think about that story. And then you're like in the mindset that this is a gift. And this is a gift to this person. I'm not telling this person this thing to try to kick them in the shins or prove I'm better than they are or anything like that. I'm telling them this in service of them and their goals. That will help a lot. So remember the helpful bit. And also remember for both praise and criticism that you're not addressing someone's fundamental personality attributes. My boss said to me in the meeting, when you said, um, every third word, it made you sound stupid. (laughs) There's a world of difference between that and saying, Kim, you're just too dumb to do this job. Like, I'm not sure how, what would I do? Quit, you know? And the same goes for praise. In the meeting, when you offered both sides of the argument, it won you credibility. That helps me know what to do more of the next time. Whereas saying, Kim, you're a genius or Kim, you've earned so much credibility. And then I have no idea what I did that earned me credibility unless you tell me. So being really specific, I think, is important. Just an intangible aura that you are able to wield. Yeah. And also, if you feel like you're operating in a situation where there's maybe some feedback debt, you're in a culture of ruinous empathy. It can be useful to have a shared vocabulary. So take the radical can't, well, buy the book for everybody, of course, but take the radical candor framework and illuminate it with your own stories. And then sometimes just having that shared vocabulary can be really helpful. This is a slight expansion on that question. How do I help my own boss move away from ruinous empathy toward radical candor? She's a great person, but is so concerned with being our friend versus the big picture of phrase and feedback to help us grow. I think we can combine it with this next one, which is how do you deal with a company slash C-level individuals that preach radical candor, but when employees actually open up, they don't respond positively and sometimes actually retaliate. This keeps building a toxic environment. So the idea of moving radical candor up, you are below the person who is making these mistakes. How do you operate when you're in that plane? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take the manager who is ruinously empathetic first, and then we'll take the the manager who doesn't seem to respond very well (laughs) to critical feedback. When I have had managers who were reluctant to give me feedback, one of the things that was very helpful to me is I would go in and I would criticize myself. I would say, on this project, here are the things I wish I had done better. That makes it a little bit easier for them to say, yeah, here's what I noticed here. And sometimes they'll build on that. And if they rush to reassure me, which will sometimes happen with a ruinously empathetic boss, oh no, it was great. Sort of make a joke and say, I know I'm not perfect and you know I'm not perfect. And the thing you can do that will really help me get better is to tell me when you notice things. So then you're making it a little bit easier for them to tell you. If it really persists, if it keeps on going, you can say something along the lines of, you know, I feel a little bit like a dead man walking in this situation. (laughs) I feel like I'm not getting better, but I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And what I really need from you as my manager is for you to tell me what I'm doing wrong so that I can fix it. You can't do right if you don't know what you're doing wrong. And I don't know. I know something's not quite right, but I don't know what it is. And I need you to tell me. That can help. And if it still doesn't get better, that's where you might want to polish up the old resume, unfortunately, and look for a boss who will tell you. Now, what do you do with the other kind of boss who, when you give them a little bit of radically candid, compassionately candid criticism, they might retaliate or get angry or whatever? This is tricky. I once had a friend who was working on Wall Street 
And she got a new assignment working for this person who had a reputation as the biggest jerk on Wall Street, which was frankly saying something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So she was a little bit nervous about this new boss. And she adopted a mantra. And her mantra was, there is only love. And what she meant by that was that if she had a problem with him, she was going to go and tell him directly. She was not going to say a bad word about him to anyone, even to her own husband. But she was also going to make sure that she took the time to solicit criticism from him, to know what was bugging him, and to improve upon it, to make her listening tangible. And she was also going to make sure that she voiced her appreciation. She told him the things she liked about working with him because, you know, he was successful and there was something he was doing right. And she wanted to learn from that. And that really helped her endure that situation. And they actually got along. So many people were so afraid of him that it bugged him. And the fact that she was unafraid to tell him directly actually reassured him. Now, that won't always be the case. That won't always be the case. The the crucial thing is make sure you know what you're doing that's bugging your boss before you go tell them what they're doing that's bugging you. And make sure you think about the things you appreciate about your boss in addition to the things that are bothering you. If you bottle it up, at least my experience is, when I bottle up something, and I am inclined to bottle something up because it's not easy to speak truth to power, then it bothers me and they do it again, but they have no idea that it's bothering me. Then they do it again, it's bothering me a little more. Then they do it again. Now it's really, by the time I finally tell them, I blow up. And so try to avoid that situation. All right, Kim Scott, that's all our questions. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was a real pleasure. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Loved our conversation. Thank you once again to Kim Scott for joining on this episode. And thank you all for listening. For more stories, insights, podcasts, and videos about how we work, head to workhuman.com. Follow us on all social channels at WorkHuman and send us any questions you want answered on the How We Work podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes. How We Work is produced by me and edited and mixed by Rob Valois. We will see you with a new episode in a few weeks.